the film series that won't die to nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. The Amityville Horror Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Pat. And this week we're doing Amityville colon The Awakening. This is one from, I believe, Lionsgate Studio? It's, uh, it's a studio one, I think. It is a studio one. This has actual people. Jennifer Jason Lee is the star of this movie. Nice. Which is exciting. And also, I think this is either... Um, I think this is one of like the, the, the movies that helped create Bloomhouse because this is uh, Jason Blum is a producer on the film so this was probably a a stop on the way to make to Bloomhouse becoming a thing gotcha like still getting investments and connections and all that before becoming the juggernaut that they are yeah because I think this I think this also has God help us I think this has Weinstein stink on it which I mean it's one of those you can't get rid of it at this point. It's produced yeah. by Jason Bloom. Actually, Bloomhouse Productions is listed. Okay. Dimension Films. That's why I'm thinking. It's <laughs> yeah. It is the last film to be released by Radius uh, Radius Dash TWC as the company shut down along with the Weinstein Company on July 16th, 2018 for reasons that we don't have time to discuss. Indeed, but we can at least take satisfaction in knowing that this is the yeah. the last thing they did. Yeah, which is uh, ironically was the movie came out in 2017, but it was finished, like it started production in 2012. Like they were working wow. on scripts and stuff. There was a bit of a development hell, but I think the movie was actually finished in 2015, and then it just kept getting delayed for reasons X, Y, and Z, which happens more with horror movies, I feel, than normal movies. Yeah. You know, like normal movies, you know, okay, it'll get delayed a couple weeks or maybe a month, but it'll mm-hmm. come out that year. Horror movies, well, we can just put them out whenever. It yeah. doesn't matter. Even, like, the one Marvel extension into trying to do horror-esque movies was New Mutants. And oh, that well, was... that was Fox. Right, but that was... It did get distributed by Disney by that point, though. Yeah, that's the thing. It, <sighs> it was delayed long enough that it wound up coming out under a different company after a massive, long, trusting merger. But it was, yeah, it was the horror Marvel movie, and it that was, like, two years for yeah. that one. And also the Corona. COVID helped delay it a little. A it was little part bit. Of it. No, it was being delayed before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying it's all sorts of stuff, which is all beside the point of the fact that the movie is not terrible. Great. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. I hate it. It was so annoying because like it's cast so well for like the kids, but the approach to the movie is really just wrong. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say like a horror movie. I, I'm excited for the uh, the Doctor Strange with uh, Sam Raimi. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was a little bummed. I, it's, it didn't occur to me, and so I looked it up. And Danny Elfman's doing the music, and that's kind of like it, it's like the uh, when you go to a fun house and you have two mirrors facing each other. So it's like an infinite amount of reactions like oh I like Danny Elfman uh, he hasn't done anything interesting in a while oh but this could be a thing for him to do something interesting with oh but Michael Giacchino did such a great job with the the tune for Doctor Strange I hope we don't yeah. lose that and so it was a little bit of a bummer but that's not Amityville The Awakening starring Jennifer Jason Lee and mm-hmm. Jennifer Morrison of House fame 
But horror movies that get delayed, like uh, Jason X. Jason was yeah. Jason X was. Jason delayed. X was a good two three years. It sat on the shelves. It was on the shelf long enough that already having been shelved for over a year, I believe, they put it out in Germany. <laughs> at which point bootlegs leaked everywhere. So most folks in the U.S. who were like hardcore Friday fans mm-hmm. had tracked a copy down because we weren't given even a release date of when we might be able to see it. And yeah. You want to avoid spoilers if possible. Yeah, um, it's the internet. You can't even do it. Right. They're, they're, like yeah. if You can barely avoid spoilers then. Yeah, now it's terrible. There are spoilers and headlines on internet articles. Oh now, yeah, right? so it's like I can't believe this shit. It's yeah, ridiculous. things. Yeah, five things you didn't know about the thing that premiered two minutes ago. For real, that's why. Like, I saw the new Spider-Man movie on like the Thursday that it opened because it's like, well, I can't not use the internet for a weekend, and I can't go on the internet because everything about this movie mm-hmm. will be spoiled. Yeah. Um, a new episode of a show I like goes up, I stay offline. A movie that comes out I want to see, I stay offline. It's too much. Yeah. It's, there's too much stuff. But yeah, like, I like, it, it was a drag because I could never find, there hasn't been a third one yet of this one. With Renee Zellweger has had two horror movies that got shelved for at least one, if not two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know one of them. Texas, Texas Chainsaw Next Generation was, actually, one. it was like, it end up we say it was delayed because they released it but it was never actually going to be released but then Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger became household names so guess yep. what we've got a movie with the biggest stars in the world yeah at the time uh, but then uh, Case 39 that uh, oh. foster fa- foster child turns out to be like the the de- a demon thing yeah uh, hmm. And what was funny is that you know it was a delayed movie because Bradley Cooper is in it and he's nothing. Like, he's just like, he's the jokey friend that gets killed. Yeah, this is like post Wet Hot American Summer, but maybe like around Alias when he's the nerdy computer guy. Yeah, it's like, like that movie was made before The Hangover came out. Gotcha. Which, I gotta like, we gotta look up. When did, like, I don't think Midnight Meat Train was delayed, but that was kind of like a weird... Bradley Hangover had come out by the time Midnight Meat Train. But I think out. they had shot that, and it might oh, have been no, another uh, shelf movie. Well, that's yeah. why. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm saying I'm curious about like how long that was shelved. There's no third for the Renee Zellweger, which of course kills me. But I think like um, judging by it, I haven't looked it up because why would you look up anything about the Lazarus effect? But the way the character, like Donald Glover, is in that movie, as is Olivia Wilde and Mark Duplass, uh, Mark Duplass. And the way all the characters are being treated, it's just like, this was made before these people got really famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of like watching uh, Owen Wilson in The Haunting, where it's like, yeah. oh, you're the guy who just showed up on the scene, mm-hmm. so you're the only character we're going to kill, and very dismissively. Yeah. Everyone else is a star here. Even Lily Taylor. Yeah, even though at that point... Owen probably had more Oscar nominations than most of the cast, and that he had any. Liam had. Liam, Liam, had, Liam had most of the cast. Okay, okay, said. yeah. I, was I don't. There was none that. for Catherine Zeta Jones no. yet. I don't think Lily Taylor had been nominated. No, I don't think she. I, I don't know if she, she ever has. has been, but she would have been for I shot on Andy Warhol. If anything, I'd say. Yeah, incredible actress. Yeah. If you have access, uh, the addiction has been on Shutter, and that is arguably. One of her best performances. Yeah. Uh, this um, is like come for the Christopher Walken vampire bit, but stay for Lily Taylor just being completely wacko bananas throughout the whole film. Yeah. Really good, 
And she had come from that New York indie film scene anyway, Amy yeah. Ferrara. So, yeah. Sure. Um, oddly enough, thinking back to Sam Raimi, uh, Army of Darkness got pushed back not nearly as much as some of the others, but I remember it was originally supposed to come out on my birthday the year it came out. Mm-hmm. And it came out a couple months after that, but it had already been pushed back a couple times by then. And I think one of the major reasons that one was pushed back was because of the MPAA rating. Yeah. Uh, they had shot Army of Darkness to be a PG-13 movie. That's mm-hmm. right. There's very little blood in that movie. And the yeah. air quote blood you see is the multicolored it's, it's, demon blood. And it's like the geyser thing. Which right. Which is like, it's, we don't even know where this is coming from. Right. It's broad gags to it, though. Yeah. Like It was very consciously supposed to be a PG-13 for the broadest audience appeal. They gave it an R? They gave it an R specifically because they didn't want to encourage teenagers coming to see it to go see the unrated first two episodes. Uh, because Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are both unrated. Yeah. Uh, because they applied. So they got were they slapped with a potential. Together? No. It was, it was basically a pettiness on the MPAA sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's pettiness. This it, one, yeah. I was looking up, uh, it's 88 minutes. The film was shot as a uh, R-rated 100 minutes, and then they cut out 12 minutes to get the uh, the PG rating, PG 13 uh, rather. So, I, I I whenever you hear about that, I'm always excited. It's like what parts of the movie are no longer going to make sense because the bit that explains them have been has been removed. Yeah, I would be more excited to watch the stuff that got it the rating, just because yeah. that's probably some crazy gags and some fun stuff. It's what we're showing up to a horror movie for. Yeah, and this thing it did it barely got. I think it got like the nominal like one weekend uh, theatrical release, so they could say. Yeah, and technically, it's not a direct-to-video movie. Yeah, like this by is, contract. It's kind of like what they did with like *Idiocracy* or *Freaked*, and every other Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, yeah. God help, God bless him. It was his birthday this week. At the time that we're recording, it was his birthday, and it was delightful. I, I watched this weird little roundtable with him for a minute, for like a half hour. It, it's like all like nominated people this year, and so it's like Nicolas Cage for *Pig*, Jonathan Majors. Uh, Andrew Garfield, some guy named Simon Rex that I've never heard of. Before. Oh, for Red Rocket, that's playing at the Charles nearby. Sure, um, sure. I've heard great stuff. John Waters put it on his top ten for the year. Fair so. enough. And uh, Peter Dinklage. So imagine nice. all five of them together. Peter Dinklage of the upcoming Toxic Avenger. Yeah, that's going. That is still in production. Yeah, it hasn't like. It's not like one of those IMDb pages that it's just like, well, this movie's never being made. Yeah, this no, it's actually... in production, and Dinklage has already come out and said, oh, expect it to be as depraved as the original. God bless everybody involved in keeping the Toxic Avenger alive. Yep. But, but yeah. So, horror movies have a history of being delayed. That's, mm-hmm. I guess... What it's all about anticipation. It's suspense. Yeah. Suspense. Which this is uh, yeah, the Amazon Prime is telling us this is suspense horror, and it's got a four and a half star user rating on Amazon. That's so, surprising. Yeah, but an IMDb score of four point eight. Yeah, which they have a higher scale. Uh, not to confuse the two. True. Yeah. They all, they they also have a higher uh, level of uh, trolls. This is very <laughs> true. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
So yeah, Jennifer, like as always, very excited when there's an actual studio involved because like don't don't get me wrong, being a low budget film does not mean that you will be a bad film, but and you know, being from a studio does not mean you will be a good film. No, it, it's just one of those. After all these, all that we've gone through so far, it's just like I'd rather like at least I know it's probably going to be in frame. And well, yeah, like I, like yeah. these all seem to have the same sort of quality, but at least I'll yeah. be able to be able to tell what I'm looking at. There is an extra couple layers of somebody saying, "Are you sure about that?" Before yeah. we before we do it, are you absolutely yeah. sure this is what we're going with? Yes, and and that's what I've come to you know appreciate about the studio system. But <laughs> who knows? Jennifer Jason Lee, Jennifer Morrison. One of the new Ghostbuster kids, I think, mm-hmm. is in this as well, and uh, yeah. Oh, also, it's supposed to be a found footage one. This is going to suck. This one's not going to be good at all. (laughs) I'd say that about every found footage movie, but I end up enjoying some of them. If nothing else, um, you know, there have been a lot of child actor, you know, before they were stars kind of things to these. We had uh, Chloe Grace Moretz in the remake. Yep. Uh, we had young Meg Ryan and young Lori Laughlin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, exciting news. If you have the HBO Max, Amityville 2 and 3 are on there right now. Nice. Though they are arguably the best ones. They're up to... Like, 2, two, two is definitely two, the best two, yeah. one, but 3 was really good. 3 was a lot of fun. Like, um, in comparison, I want to, like, go... Like, I want to go back to the Tom and Pat of episode 3 and say, you don't even know how good this 3 was. I know you guys, <laughs> like, you liked it. You were still high off of Polter, uh, Amityville 2, but this one was really good in comparison to a lot of movies you're going to sit through. But that would tell us that, in comparison, everything else is a downhill ride. Yeah, so... Yeah. And yeah. we might still waiting found... for the upturn. Yeah. Still waiting for that upturn. Going back and checking in with some previous episodes here and there, um, six seemed to be a favorite of ours. Was that uh, that was the art commune? I did like the art commune yeah. one. I, like we liked it while we were watching it. Yeah, uh, that one. Yeah, that one. That one was good. Man, I miss those nineties. That that's what I did with my New Year's since uh, I was dealing with my flurona. I didn't go anywhere, and so Same. I decided like I'd been in the mood to watch like the people under the stairs and oh. Shocker, and then I was like, you know what? We're just gonna watch cheap ass bad nineties horror movies because they have their own like. People don't talk about the vibe of the 90s horror movies, where it's just like, we've got a lot of money for special effects, and we're putting everything into that, and we're putting nothing into character and story. Well, it's, and because, especially because the 90s has a sharp divide. The first half of the 90s is, yeah, like, again, shocker, people under yeah. the stairs, like, going As completely out, nuts. And it killed me, because, like, uh, the, the big ones that I wanted to watch, it was shocker, and one other one, it was, like, 1989. And I was like, for real? They do they just missed the nineties? So even though they're very much yeah. of that mold. But it was, it was funny. A Shocker was definitely nineteen eighty nine. Shocker was eighty nine, yeah. yeah. Um Oh Ghost of the Machine was like one of the other ones that I want. No, that was no, Go- 90... Ghost of the Machine was ninety one, ninety two? Yeah. There it was, was another post one. Freddy's Dead pre Tank yeah. Girl. Yes. For, Rachel yeah. Talley. And then I'm trying to there was just there was a couple. There I was like basically going off at of HBO Max. But anyway, but, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but like with the early '90s, and especially with examples of like shocker people under the stairs, Wes Craven in particular doing some really crazy stuff because we, the slasher boom of the '80s had died hard in '89 with Elm Street Five, Friday mm-hmm. Eight, yeah. um, 
Leatherface. Yeah. Like, other than the uh, the blip of uh, Candyman. Yeah, where slashers yeah. are basically done, and Candyman. And Candyman is also a big concept, one yeah. more than some of the others. Exactly. But horror was going in weird places because it was kind of rudderless. We and don't know what popular. the next thing is. And then in '96, Wes Craven gives us the next thing, and mm. Scream pretty much resets horror for the second half of the '90s. For hit and miss, because I love the Scream series. Yeah, but I you love also. The original. Yeah. But you also wind up with all of the I Know What You Did Last Summer movies. Those are and, terrible. Like, I yeah. finally watched the first one, which, to talk about, uh, speaking of, like, random people that are more famous later, Anne Hesh. Anne Hesh is in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Huh. She, she's in it for five minutes, but she's, like, a side character for a second. And this is like, Andrew, Anne Hesh is in this movie? <laughs> the well, hell? I'm curious. They just did an Amazon series, One and Done. Mm-hmm. of I Know What You Did Last Summer and I'm curious if it sticks closer to the book because there was a book? it was based on a book oh, by Lois Duncan it, it was a young adult horror novel from the 70s that had a plot oh my god that, that makes so much more sense yeah but what doesn't make sense is the book of the book had a storyline that would have made perfect sense for Kevin Williamson to say this is a cool thing that should be a slasher movie yeah and then they didn't do any of it in the book they hit a guy. There's Spoil- a funeral. Spoilers. Yeah. And then, yeah, they start. The, uh, the one girl gets a note. I know what you did last summer. And then, slowly after that, bit by bit, the friends are being picked off. Mm-hmm. At the end, you find out that it's not the guy in the the fisherman yeah. outfit. Because um, in the movie, it's just oh, what you think it is? That's what it is. Yeah. In the book. The girl goes off to the funeral, like, kind of give, you know, does her thing, drops off some flowers and leaves. The brother of the person who was killed was at the funeral, knew it was a hit and run, looked for flowers that were given without a name signed to him, just anonymous. Mm -hmm. There was one set of flowers that stood out, pulled the card, figured out where they got them from, figured out who bought the flowers, sent her the note... As a complete bluffing guess, watched her panic and who she ran to, those must be the people who were involved in killing my brother. Yeah. And so there's actually, like, you know, some cleverness and a twist to it. In the movie, it's just, oh, we hit a guy, but he's not dead, but he's after revenge, and he kills us all. It was completely upfront and face forward. Yeah. And just not nearly as interesting. No. Yeah. No. But I felt like I needed to finally watch it. And yeah. yeah. I, I was mildly validated for never having watched it before. Yeah. But it's, yeah, but, but I like the... But but all, but yeah, I, I, I was going for like the first half. The, the night, yeah, the crazy the, half. The, the, the crazy half where it's just like, we're really going to do like... Like Ghost in the Machine, as it turns out, still not great. But there's a lot of really goofy-ass shit happening in it that makes it a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You also have like actual theatrical releases for stuff like... Man, but or uh, man's best friend. Yeah, <laughs> um, that is the uh, the Lance Henriksen's Robo Dog has escaped, and uh, Ali Sheedy is in trouble. Yeah, I say Robo Dog. I know it's not a robot, but you no, know, it's, but it's it, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It's killer dog. And even uh, was Bad Moon in the first half of the night? He's I would say probably. Yeah, yeah. Michael Perret stares at a werewolf for an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, like. 
it's serious long chunks where it's just a guy staring at a dog who knows that the guy is a werewolf. Mm -hmm. Came in at 120 minutes, including credits. We had into the theater I worked. And nine customers the entire week we had it. We sold nine tickets for that week. Jesus Christ. And then I found out it was based on a novel told from the dog's perspective. I mean, that does sound awesome. Though. I kind of want to read it. I, I, I hate yeah. to the say it. The novel was called Thor, so... and I haven't read it. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. That is the dog's name. Yeah. In that movie. That yeah. silly ass movie. Yeah, yeah, what did I end up doing that one? I ended up doing Lawnmower Man, Oof. which, you know, it, it was a bummer. HBO Max has Lawnmower Man, but they don't have the slightly longer, goofier version. And mm-hmm. man, you really want that longer, goofier version of yeah. that movie. This That movie is just miserable well it's so fun though the high concept though this is like akira level crazy like treating Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff uh seriously in a live action movie so i'd love it for that but it's also just terrible i mean a it has nothing to do with the stephen king story to the point where king sued to have his name taken off he found out about the movie by going to the movies and seeing his name on a poster he was not happy yeah but the Stephen King story, listeners at home, it's eight pages. It is the craziest fucking thing Stephen King has ever written. Treat yourself. Oh, yeah. It's it's out We're there. We're not going to say anything about it. Just, yeah. It's eight pages. It takes ten minutes to read. It's amazing. Yeah. But for me, the real frustration of Lawnmower Man is that they did a sequel set in Sci- cyberspace. Beyond. Or, uh, Job's War. Job's War. You no, put, that's one of that's okay. Go ahead. That's one of the. That's titles, one but, of the. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I remembered <laughs> the title is. But you have a lawnmower man, man movie set in cyberspace. You sign Matt Frewer to be in the movie, yep. and he doesn't play Max Headroom nope. taking on the lawnmower man. Yeah, he just plays the replacement for Jeff Fahey. Yes, uh, I remember it. I, I remembered it as a lawnmower man two beyond cyberspace. But I, right. but yeah, no, yeah, it's like it had both places, titles. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've it, never and seen it because it looks it's it, bad. It, it looks so much worse. Bad. It looks so much worse. Uh, remember it, Austin O'Brien? <laughs> He's the only returning cast member in those two movies. Oh wow! He was, so I will he say no. Kid. I don't remember. No, you don't. Austin O'Brien is uh, the kid in Last Action Hero. And oh shit. Was uh, also the uh, love interest in My Girl to My Girler, <laughs> uh, but I think that yeah I think that was the high watermark for Austin O'Brien. I don't remember seeing him ever uh, ever again. Yeah, hopefully he's doing all right. Yeah, I mean, fucked up. there's so many '90s uh, kid actors that ended up killing themselves. It's kind of nuts. A lot of them, yeah. Like Renfro killed himself. Jonathan um, Brandis killed yeah. himself. That was just terrible. But turns yeah. out being a child actor is not great. Yeah. So as you can tell, uh, this has all been about Amityville: The Awakening and getting us in the mood for it. And so I guess we should watch that now. Yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee, though. Jennifer Jason Lee. Amazing. If it sucks, I'll go home and watch Hunsucker Proxy. Yes. Oh my God. According uh, in Bruce Campbell's autobiography, he said she never need called for a line. Like she never flubbed a line and she never needed any any prompting for any part of her dialogue. And she talks twice as fast as any other character in that movie. Yes, she does. She's yeah. incredible. She's amazing. Also, guys, if you haven't seen the Hudsucker Proxy, oh, God, it yeah. is the greatest underrated Coen Brothers movie. Like, there, there's 
I believe the Coen brothers make two types of movies. Good movies and great movies. Uh, I, I will say, no, I, I will say, Hudson Sucker Proxy is a great movie that Absolutely. people do not understand at all. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I wrote yeah. a 15-page paper in college about it. Yeah, because it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the whole theme was basically circles, the circle mm-hmm. of life, karma. Yes. Uh, the clock circle, the hula hoop, the straw, the yeah. daddy-o, and yeah. all that. Like but The circular so nature of the narrative coming back. Yeah. Yeah. 15 pages. Totes. Great grade on it. Realized maybe film school is a little easier than I needed to I be. Mean, I'm paying yeah. a lot of money for this. Yeah. yeah. The best the best school is doing. Exactly. For Arlie. For, for art, the best school is doing. If you want to be an academic about it, then the, the school is very important and very good. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I feel good that I got to spend a couple thousand dollars to vent about the Hudsucker Proxy at a time before <sighs> podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Amityville. Amityville, The Awakening. We'll see you guys in a minute. I'm not that excited to talk about this. Yeah, kind of wanted to be. I wanted to be. All of the ingredients for a good movie are in this movie. A uh, really good cast. Good overall. cast. I mean, yeah. even uh, some folks we missed in the pre-roll. Uh, Kurtwood Smith is in this. Kurtwood Smith is in this. The, um, uh, our lead is uh, Bella Thorne. From uh, she's the cheerle- cheerleader in the Babysitter movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know Kurt Woodsmith, uh, he was Clarence Boddicker in RoboCop. He was Red on that 70s show. Uh, and far less likely that you remember, he was the insidious Mr. Sue on the new adventures of Beans Baxter. See, I didn't think we needed to clarify who Kurt Woodsmith, because the only people that wouldn't know who he was are dumbasses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and guns, uh, guns, 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 guns. I got tickets to the Tigers tonight. God, so, man, we could have we could have watched RoboCop with the time that we spent watching this movie. Okay, yeah. we're talking about this movie. We're not going to get distracted. Yeah. We're doing this. So yeah, and also the Joker is in this uh, from TV's Gotham. TV's Gotham. Definitely yeah. not comic books. Gotham. Not Jared Leto. Yeah. We would not be excited about it if it was a Jared Leto. I mean, he's. An interesting actor. Is he? I think he is. He's just a terrible person. I think he's a terrible person, and his performances come from watching everybody bristle around him. Because he's a bad person to be around? Could be. It wasn't always that way. He was good in, like, the Fight Club and Panic Room. and You ever see Switchback? He was good in Switchback. I just can't get over the whole mailing used condoms to people. Terrible person. I love that person. when they went to Margot Robbie about uh, about Birds of Prey. Yeah. Like, okay, well, we've got to figure out how to get the Joker in here. And she says, or, here's an option, we don't. Yeah. I would rather him not be involved in this movie, so let's not do it. I'm a producer now. And there's fuck that. There's one shot in Birds of Prey with the Joker. It's from behind. It's with a, stu- with a body double. Because Margot, producer Margot Robbie... Would not let the guy that mailed a, a used condom to her on the set. Which is... Good for fucking you. Yes. Anywho, Jared Leto aside. Jared See, we are really aside. dragging our feet on going into this. It's like, there's no entry point to this movie. We start with 
Uh, newsreels and pictures of newspapers of the DeFeo murder. So we're actually doing that. And uh, with the movie actually takes place in the house. We haven't. When was the last time we've seen the like the house or even somebody that somebody that was purporting to use the house? It's been a while. I honestly yeah. don't remember. Yeah. But it's this all... was shot on the location of the original. Yeah, it's like we, we see like, the windows and it's got the one twelve Ocean Avenue. It's got the back deck mm-hmm. uh, or which we got the pier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like this is definitely. The Amityville house. Yeah. And then we cut 40 years later to the Walkers moving in. Joan, played by Jennifer Jason Lee. Belle, played by Bella Thorne. Juliet, played by McKenna Grace. And then uh, the comatose for the last two years, Jimmy, played by Joker. Yeah. I don't know his name. I don't remember offhand. It's fine. Uh, I, I, every time I saw him, I just kept wanting to say Will Poulter, and it's like I know it's not him. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah. So um, and Larry yeah. the dog. Jimmy has been in a coma for two years. He is atrophied horribly. Yeah. For those of uh, you at home, the movie uh, explains that a coma is a vegetative state. <laughs> I forgot to make that note. I was wondering about that. Okay, cool. Sorry. sorry. I, I can cross out a couple notes here. Uh, that makes more sense. I didn't understand what was going on with him until they explained that he was in a coma. Parentheses. A vegetative state. Yeah. I'm going to have to be perfectly honest. In high school, we were supposed to read as one of our books, Robin Cook's Coma, and I completely skipped it. I, you, I thought you were going to say you slept through it. <laughs> This isn't dead air. This is a cold, cold stare. Anyway, so oh, they boy. move in, they move into the Amityville house because they got a deal. Which I lo- I always love when they do make reference to that. Like how Bella is a, a goth put upon teenager, and she's complaining that they had to move in her senior year of high school, which is a legit complaint. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why did we move to a house that's too big for us? We got a deal on it. I mm-hmm. bet you did. Yep. Remember? Remember the early days of these podcasts where they had to explain how it's very difficult to sell this house that, you know, several murders happened in? Yeah. But if you've got a good deal, you've got a good deal. And... It's a buyer's market. Yeah. Sometimes deals have repercussions. Yeah. <gasps> Are we talking about demons and real estate in one? I know. Who knows? Yeah. But anyway, symbolism without a sight. The, it, it was like frustrating from the get go because it kind of like it's shot on digital video and it kind of, but it wasn't like cleaned up at all. So it just kind of looked like fuzzy digital video. But then at the same time, we kept noticing they know the Amityville tropes. Yeah, yeah. We have, uh, to go down the list, uh, we have flies. Yeah. We have get out. We have the wind, the eye windows. <laughs> we have a nod. To incest, but not really going yeah. there. Um, we have the basement. We have mm-hmm. phantom voices. We have the DeFeo murders. Yeah. There's a lot of Amityville to this. Yeah. But uh, I really, for the life of me, can't connect with this movie at all. Yeah, and it looked good. I mean, I know you said... Yeah. You, you know, it was, I mean... Oh, it definitely got better. Like, the more it's in the dark, it works better. But mm-hmm. it was like the bright day... Like, the day shots would look bad. But yeah, the night they were a little blown out. Better. But but yeah, it looked. I mean, 
It was it's overall a well composed. It's a, it's a, it was, you can you can see the things that you're supposed to be seeing. Yeah, and you can hear the things you're supposed to hear. Like all the sound production was solid. Yeah. Um, and in this universe, uh, besides shooting at the Amityville house, um, one of the big impetuses after the main girl meets Bella. two friends. Yeah, Bella meets Bell. Yeah. Meets friends at her new high school Ugh, these, who this, know about the Amityville story. They even say, you've never heard of this. You didn't know where you moved. You've never even seen this movie. And hand a DVD of the original Amityville Horror. And also admit that there was sequels and there was even a remake recently. Uh, the Amityville movies exist in this movie, so it dips meta, but doesn't really dive in meta. I feel like that's just meta. I guess. I, I mean, that like... They they have like a, a line of dialogue from the friend who is a real creep. Uh, says it's like I can't believe I'm going to watch Amityville in the Amityville house. Yeah, it's just I don't. But they don't do anything with it. No. Is the thing this we've had this conversation before about um, in a movie you never say. You can't do this. This isn't a movie, blankety yeah. blank. Yeah. And I, I really hate when that happens. And it, that's that's what happens here. It's yeah. terrible. Like, it ends up being a cheat for actually having the characters work through the issues. Like, Belle and the uh, the high school friends end up figuring out what's going on, not because they're doing any research into occult activity or whether or not the kid could be coming out of a coma. They just say, oh, well, this is how it happened in the movie, so you should yeah. do this. And so it's just yeah. laziness. This is a trope. We've just gone ahead and done the trope, and our characters are just going to say this is a trope, but it doesn't count because we know it is. Yeah. That you, you don't get to do that. You have to actually work through the problem. I'm saying. Yeah. So. So Jimmy's been in the coma, which we did. Yeah, we mentioned that. We mentioned and, that. Uh, um, a, a vegetative state. A vegetative state. And, and Kerwood Smith is uh, his main doctor. And after a fly rests on Jimmy, he starts showing activity. Yeah. He starts. Um, his pulse quickens, I believe. Pulse quickens. You see a finger twitch, and uh, he starts gaining eye movement back. Uh-huh. Starts possibly recognizing people in the room. Uh-huh. Um, and if you, to picture him before all of this, Oof. he is just, like, staring vacantly up into space. He's very gray. Yeah. He's atrophied. He's emaciated. He's um, contorted. Uh, he, remember Zelda from Pet yeah, Cemetery? Not dissimilar. Yeah. Not as bad, but not to <laughs> Nothing yeah. is as bad. Nothing is as bad as Zelda. So, uh, the doctor goes over to investigate, and he finds, uh, besides the fly, a maggot crawling on the bed. Yeah, that's a kind of rolls him back to the side. And then a uh, whole swarm of flies. It was kind of funny that, like... a. Compared to the time that the original was made, where it was assumed everybody is some form of Christian if you're in America, uh, this one not only is the, like other than a few crucifixes, there's no uh, Christian uh, angle to anything. And the it, Kurt Woodsmith yeah, doctor the house is definitely not 
Yeah, the Christ-fearing house. No, no, yeah. no. Or they say grace, but they also act like they don't do it anymore. Yeah. But, like, the the Kurtwood Smith doctor takes on the priest analog role, where he's the one that's attacked by the flies and then scared, too scared to ever come back into the house. Yeah. And he even says, I don't even know why, but I just know that I can't help you here. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of weird. Or not weird, but it's interesting how much, like, the times have changed. Yeah. Well, that was kind of in the remake as well that they got away from it being god driven. Oh yeah, but they still had they still had the priest True. in it. It yeah, was, was still just, a priest. He was just more sidelined. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like this, yeah, like in the originals, it's like, of course, we just moved in. We need the priest to come in and bless the house. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's not a thing anymore. And oh boy, the jump scares in this in this movie. There's like a lot of just here's a loud noise. Yeah. I know it sounds, it's going to sound like we're jumping all over the place, but honest to God, there's like no, there's no spine to this movie. Yeah. We're going to cover all of the major points that happen, but for the most part, it's, they move into the house, things start getting bad, things get really bad. The The end. end. Yeah. Yeah. There's no real plot to this movie, which is weird because there is a plot. Yeah. It moves forward. It tells a complete story front to back. Um, it's just it's, not engaging, I guess. I think what we're hitting is this is a well-produced Amityville movie, but it's not what I think we like most about them, batshit insane. Usually when they go weird, when they go over the top, when there's just... Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're all telling the same story. Houses either haunted and or possesses a person, and then they go nuts. Yeah, That's caveat emptor, buyer beware. Yeah, it's all about how you know the, consumer protections would be good. It's like they recognize all the tropes, but it, but and they include them, but it doesn't feel like they're doing anything out of an, any actual interest in doing them. Right. It's hard. To, it's weird to describe, and hard to under to articulate. But anyway. anyway. So we have, oh, that was a funny bit. In the school, uh, Belle, the new girl, is being made fun of because they moved into the Amityville house and some other kids have carved, like, an evil caricature of the house into her locker. Yeah. That was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Had kind of, a, like, an Evan Dorkin or a Jonan Vasquez-type line work to it. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of, like... Every so often, we get glimpses of the town, the town of Amityville. Like, what? How would they react? How would people react to having this horrible thing happening? Yeah. In this place, like just this radioactive house that you can't get rid of. But yeah, um, so we get that. We get okay. We get like some demon James in the closet because again, closet, closet gag. Yeah, that's a thing. Closet gag a thing. Um, throughout the movie, there's a lot of is that a shadow in the background? Is that a person? Are there eyes out the window? Yeah. There's a lot of nice little, you know, um, I don't want to call them tricks, but just gags. Yeah, little little visual nuggets to kind of keep you going. Little breadcrumbs. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't. I don't think it was. Badly directed. I think I, that I yeah. think that they, you know, they were putting their all into it. It just, it just never went crazy. It doesn't pass the who cares test, really. It's like yeah. this is the exact size and shape of an Amityville movie, but I don't care. And so yeah. all throughout it, Bell's having 
Belle is in weird situations in the house that are late, are subsequently revealed to be dreams. In which point we uh, get a little bit of our 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 hint of incest during mm-hmm. one of the dream sequences where uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is at the bedside of James and James seems to be feeling her up. Yeah, which was awesome. Jennifer Jason Lee is completely wasted in this entire movie. Yeah, she's there. She is the mom. She she gets some good stuff towards the end. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll keep jumping around. Um, at the end of the movie, this is the best part. <coughs> she. The daughter's trying to confront mom about that this house is evil. There's something yeah. wrong with this house. This is after... Okay, so the, the, I'm sorry. To set up just a little bit. Uh, Belle has gone into the basement to hunt for the source of the evil. Not because of anything leading her to it, other than her friends in the high school have told her about the what happens in the movie and the book. That yeah. there's a weird room in the basement. So she goes down, and sure enough, she finds a weird, evil red room in the basement. And then she goes to confront Mom. Yeah. Uh, and Mom basically, you know, it's you, you expect it to be the scene of, I've got to convince her something evil is in this house. And Mom's like, yeah, yeah, we got a good deal in this house. We made a deal. Your, your brother has been sick for a long time. I prayed to God when your father got sick, and he did nothing. I prayed to God when your brother got sick. He did nothing. God gave up on us. And so basically she knowingly moved into this evil house, hoping that evil would revive the brother. And it did. He's out of bed and he's going around the house with a shotgun reenacting the DeFeo murders. Yep. It's so... Jennifer Lee is like... Jennifer Jason Lee is good in this scene because, like, it's the only scene she gets to do stuff about. Like, Belle go- confronts her. She says, uh, "Like, there's an e- there, there's a red room in the basement, all full of evil." And Jennifer Jason Lee just looks her in the eye. I know about the red room. This is like she said, "Like God gave up on us, so I gave up on God." Mm-hmm. Embracing Satan. Not something we've seen in these films. Or no, we have. We have seen yeah. some of them where like the town is sacrificing stuff to the evil yeah. and everything. Yeah. But but it's still it's, it's still played well as a twist. Oh, it's a twist when it's suburban people where it's like, you know, the normal people moving into the house. Oh no, they're not normal. They purposefully moved into the Amityville house mm. to make a pact with the beast. Mom was one hundred percent aware of the bargain she was making. Yeah. Uh God, this that's what they need to do. They need to do a movie where it is presented as like a home and gardens, like house hunters type of show. Okay. Where people are like going through all of like the stuff that they normally do in fixing up a house, but it's the Amityville house. And they're finding like the well, they're finding the yeah. sub basement, the red room. Uh, how do you get flies out of a house like this? Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Like, like it would be like never hike alone, but for the Amityville Ooh, series, nice. like that kind of yeah. thing, where it's yeah. like it's set up like something you see, like one of these reality things that you see all the time, but it's the Amityville house. Yeah, and actually doing it as a TV broadcast would help push it towards the, the found like, footage bullshit. Yeah, but like doing it like more WNUF style found footage mm-hmm. than yeah, yeah, that would be fun. And probably by the time we get to the end of these movies, they will have done that. Yeah. If they don't, we we have dabbled in the idea of trying to make our own based on everything we've yeah. learned. We can start working on the script. Don't worry about it, uh, 
Yeah, Bloomhouse or whoever has. Actually, duh, obviously, we can just make our own. It we, doesn't yeah. matter. It does yeah. not matter. So, yeah. uh, maybe by movie 40, we'll start a Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, so, a, 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 as we mentioned, Jimmy's out of bed. J- a- atrophied, sickly Jimmy walk like, kind of... S- scurries his way down into the basement to the red room and then you see him his body regenerate itself which Mm. is kind of a decent special effect yeah it is Um, it's Popeye getting his spinach um, because he's pretty cut once he's back to you know and then he starts going feet. around with a shotgun. Yeah. Also, to hop back while he was in mm -hmm. bed besides it being a coma which um, vegetative state right Mm. They also talk about how he might be aware. That's why they do some of the tricks. Uh-huh. I'm just kind of scanning my notes. Yeah. Um, and they point out oh, we that barely he talk has... about anything that's happened in this movie. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, LIS. Our, our, our stuff is terrible. I, I'm sorry. The movie yeah. is fine. Yeah. It's not fine, but you know what I mean. But yeah, they say that he uh, possibly suffers from LIS, locked in syndrome. Yeah. Um, so when it's Amityville The Awakening, it's also Amityville Awakenings. Yeah. And if you ever want to, uh, if you're feeling, if for some unheard of reason in this day and age, you're feeling just good about anything, put on Awakenings and that'll fix it. Yeah. It'll, it'll bring you right back down. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Powerful. Great, great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Robin Williams, Robert De Niro, Julie uh, Kavner, yeah. Penelope Ann. Uh, is Francis Sternhagen the mom? The I mother? think so, yeah. yeah. I think so. But incredible. Penny Marshall, Penny Marshall film. Incredible movie. Saddest fucking thing in the world. Yep. Oof. Yeah. But now anyway. I know what I'm watching after this. <laughs> Scream 3? Yeah. 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 Scream 3. Because uh, Scott Foley makes everything better. I thought it was for the Jason Muse cameo. Oh, for fuck's sake. So anyway, Doesn't yeah, Jay and bring... Silent Bob... I'll just watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Doesn't that count as, like, Scream 2 and a half? Sure. As long as you don't go with the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Is that not good? It's not good. Oh man. Okay, so the same time that came out, mm-hmm. Jason Mewes also put out a movie. Really? Um, called, I think, The Madness to the Method. Okay. Where he plays himself. He, wrote, he co-wrote it and he directed it. But he plays himself not being able to get roles... Because he's See, that, always chasing Muse. That's using meta to tell a story. See, that's what we want to do. No, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I'm saying that is the correct use. Yeah. This is not the correct use. Yeah. That is the correct use. Yeah. And he even gets some of the same like cameo folks and like yeah. Kevin Smith cameos over, but like he brings in some of the other folks from yeah. the universe. And for how did he manage? Was how was Brian O'Halloran free? <laughs> He mainly does stage theater. You know. It. Yeah. I'm making a joke. I love Clerks so goddamn much. Oh, yeah. I love all I but, have Jade and Silent Bob Strike Back. I love it. That was yeah. one of my favorite things. Yeah. And God help me, Clerks 2 was good. Yeah. Which is shocking. Honestly, mostly the last half hour for me was what clicked. I mean, yeah, but, you know. The, the like, stuff, I felt like that was where the movie was. The rest was antics. Yes, but yeah. I like antics. Same. <laughs> anyway, I would not have thought in one year that you get a movie from Kevin Smith and from Jason Mewes both being meta about where their careers have gone, and that Jason Mewes one would Maybe. be far and wide the superior film. Like, on every level. It's yeah. shot better, it's acted better, yeah. it has a plot. It's legitimately funny. Bummer. 
Yeah, Vinnie Jones I mean, is a good, good for maybe? Jason Mewes. It's yeah, kind of a bummer. It's a bummer. Like, I really wanted Kevin Smith to turn out to be a better filmmaker. I think he keeps going back to stoner comedies. I really want him to explore horror more. I haven't watched any of those yet. I still keep meaning to. It, it, they look interesting. He didn't grow up on horror, so he has new ideas. He doesn't yeah. necessarily go about it the same way, so... Red State takes some very weird turns, right. and I like it. Tusk is a very divisive movie, but mm. I think it takes way more risks than it steps back from. Mm-hmm. And for that, it's it's a we give fascinating guts. watch, even if you don't like it. Hey, horror movies, we will give points for guts. Like, there's so many horror movies that are just bad. But, like, your Cannibal Holocaust... It's just terrible. Oh, like yeah. that's not a thing that anybody should watch, but it keeps getting bandied about because my god, they had the balls to make this movie. Yeah. Like and you, I obviously for me the biggest concern is the animal violence. Yeah. I feel like the movie is a literal atrocity because of it. Yeah, probably. But outside of that scene, it definitely did things very differently, very grim, mm-hmm. very realistically. Yeah. Um there's a reason why it's so effective outside of the animal stuff, even. Yeah. No, um, it's just horrifying. Yeah, but that, like, without the animal stuff, stuff like um, The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. Not like anything you've ever seen, and it is scary as hell. Yeah, it is. Amityville 2 just goes for the crazy. It really did. This movie, and I can't. Again, we're not really covering a lot that's in the movie because it's a lot of 20-some movies in, things we've seen before. Yeah. They competently did it. They didn't give us anything to just say, holy shit, you need to see this one because, whoa. Yeah, like even the, the, the mom reveal the about knowing about the Amityville, it's, it, it's interesting, but it's not a reason to watch the movie. Right. It's the difference between going to that favorite sub shop that has a couple things they do so well and you take your friends there. Yeah. No, no, no. Get these things. The other stuff on the menu I can't vouch for. Yeah. Or eh, we could just go to Applebee's. We know what Applebee's is. We know what they taste like. We know what yeah. the pricing is. We know we're getting exactly this going in, and then on the way out, we did. And I'm not going to write a review online. I'm not mm-hmm. going to put a Yelp up or a... You know, Instagram of my spicy chili fritters or whatnot. Even if you haven't been to Applebee's, you've been to a restaurant that is Applebee's. Right. And this is this is an Applebee's Amityville. Yeah. It's Amityville It's Applebee's. completely fine. Amityville Applebee's. Amityville Applebee's. I like it. I like it. Uh, again, we <laughs> we give all of our addresses at the end of the uh, podcast for anyone who hasn't tuned in that long. Mm-hmm. Um Probably tuned out already. But uh, feel free to send in suggestions for other Amityville yeah, projects yeah. you'd like to see because... Oh, Amityville yeah. Applebee's. Amityville Arcade. Uh, I'm just going to go on alliteration. What if we did just a series of shorts and made the Amityville Fried movie? No, oh, that might be the way to do it. That yeah. might be the way to do it. Normally this would be an off-air conversation, but again, yeah. we want to hear feedback. Like, if we were to make an Amityville movie, where would you like us to go? Yeah, and also, this was 88 minutes of boring. This movie this movie was just boring. It was yeah. just boring. I don't really have anything to complain about, except no. it just didn't engage me. Like, I can't specifically point to, like, they were bad, they were mer- they were... No. It was, it was fine. It was just fine. 
Yeah. It's soup. It's just soup. It's like, you can have really good soup, and then it's like, my God, this soup was amazing. But most of the time, it's like, yeah, it's just soup. Yeah. It's fine. And a lot of the ones we've gone deep on talking about have been super terrible. Yeah. But that's engaging. In in an interesting way. Yeah. Um, So, uh, so, okay, so Jimmy's going around. The only part, he he kills the, uh, the aunt, who is played by... Jennifer Morrison, who, don't get me wrong, she's not the most interesting actor, but she is used even less than Jennifer Jason Leigh, which is saying something. Yeah, she is, oh right, additional character. Yeah, additional medical character slash family member. Uh, I will be honest, I didn't actually, for some reason, connect it. And I'm sure they said it several times. Yeah. I didn't connect that she was the aunt until literally the end of the movie. Yeah. When the newscast is saying, and here's what happens to this family and the aunt. Mm-hmm. Aha. Right. Cool. I know. It's like the movie starts and they do, they make no effort to introduce anything about these characters or to introduce them as characters. They are just, this is daughter, this is mother, this yeah. is comatose son, this is younger yeah. daughter. Yeah. All of the dialogue was very expository and it kept things moving. None but of it personal. It, yeah, it just never felt lived in. It never felt like the characters had a life outside of the exposition. No, not at all. And uh, so Jimmy manages to kill the aunt, manages to kill the mom. Uh, the, and, and honestly, at that point, they are doing, again, they're doing a good job of making it look like uh, Amityville 2. When uh, Ronnie was going around killing everybody, and it's yeah. just like this is a terrifying situation. He it, like coddles the the younger daughter and tries to like all sweetly yeah. get her to, to get yeah go roll in. over and go to sleep, like basically yeah. turn away so I can shoot you. Like it, yeah. was, it was effective, it worked. And then we get the other thing that we hadn't really ever seen in any any Amityville movie uh, to prevent Jimmy from killing Juliet Bell. Uh, Defenestrates them. Yeah, she. I was trying to think of like the football, the move, like a tackle. Yeah, like tackles him through one of the Amityville eye windows. So you actually, we've and nobody had ever, nothing had ever gone through one of these windows. Yeah, they're kind of sacrosanct. Yeah, yeah. She tackles him. They fly out the window. They're laying on the ground. He's begging for forgiveness. He's sorry. He would, you know, he thanks her. It's a trick. Get an axe. Yeah. Also, a great use of the word defenestration. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so they're on the ground. He's trying to beg. It's a trick. She's got his hand. She drags him outside of the circle of protection that we forgot to mention. The bounding circle. This was uh, our exposition nerdy friend who, again, the guy is really creepy. Like, yeah. this is the... This is the the guy in high school that moms should also be warning their daughters about. Like, uh-huh. not just, like, the jock douchebag, but the guy that's like, hey, I'm just trying to be your friend. Yeah. And, like, and why like, don't you want to be my friend? Why don't you want to be friends? In his original introduction, makes at least two or three jokes about, oh, people just think I'm creepy. Oh, but I just like to watch people, but not in that way. Like, he says so many things that it's like... You have had to have a lot of conversations about not being creepy, haven't you? Yeah. Like, maybe... None of them have sank in. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's that old, you meet one asshole in the morning, that guy's an asshole. You meet 50 assholes through the day, maybe you're the asshole. If everyone's got to have a conversation about creepy with you... Yeah. You might just be creepy. Yeah. And 
hit home when they're trying to watch Amityville Horror before the power goes out. There's all let's search for the fuse box thing. He says, hey, would the two of you like to be the bread in a whatever his name was sandwich? Terrence. Terrence. Like, that is creepy. You are being creepy. If he hadn't... Okay. If he hadn't been creepy in every single scene prior, that would have been a funny gag. It it would have still been creepy. I mean, if you had... Like, I thought it could have been, like, a funny joke. Like, because they're on the couch, they're, uh, the plan, the idea is that they're all going to be sitting on the couch. Who wants to be the bread in a Terrence sandwich? In a couch situation, I think that could be funny. Right. If he hadn't been, said something really suggestive and creepy in every single scene prior. Mm-hmm. Which, it was like it was his yeah, job. Yeah, this was just perv for the course. Yes. So, he, uh, sorry, he randomly mentions that... Okay, somehow in the middle of the night when they come over to watch this movie, he saw this design carved into the lawn that he describes as a bounding circle, mm-hmm. which I feel is like nobody noticed. It probably should be binding circle would probably make more probably, sense. Probably, but also the magic and or logic behind it was very glossed over. So yeah. uh, sometimes you know, these are with salt. Sometimes these yeah. are with... Like, Dru- Druids and or colonists or mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, the cult I don't of the know. thorn went to the asylum. Yeah. And blah blah blah. Have I talked about my dick in the last two minutes? Yes, Terrence. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a bounding, binding, bindle circle. He's like the negative, evil version of Terrence from the Gate. Okay. Whereas, like that, Terrence was just a nerd. And just wanted to help people, and I mean by making deals with demons. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, and only happened like in the second one, he accidentally falls into a relationship, whereas this guy is just he leads with the creep. Yeah. And also, they're both named Terry. Yeah. Also, also the gate. Yeah. I just kind of like the gate. Of course. It, it's like the gate. Again, the gate. I would say is probably not a better movie than this. But it has just goes it has for the, the crazy. Weird. It goes for the weird yeah. in every single scene. I would rather watch The Gate or like even not a great movie, The Wraith. Uh, you mean The Crow? But what if The Crow was a car? You had me at all of that. No, I know. I, yeah. I, I know. I love it, and I love the fact that anytime, anytime somebody sees The Wraith, you can tell when they saw it because if they describe it as, oh, it's The Crow but with a car, it's like no. The Wraith came first. The Crow is the Wraith with a crow. Yeah. And then pre the Wraith, uh, the car, the which was James Brolin. But wasn't that, that was more evil, just full that, on evil car. Yeah, that's yeah, just that an evil, evil car. car. This yeah. is a vehicle for righteous, uh, ju- justified revenge. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And it I, was it was Knight Rider meets Christine. Yes. Or yeah. Dude, the Wraith is so fucking. And also really terrible. Like, if you want to talk about, uh, we don't know what to do here, so here's a five-minute sex scene that the people involved may or may not have been really happy about. Mm -hmm. The Wraith. Yeah. Also Troll 2, but add popcorn. Oof. Yeah. The the thing to keep in mind, if you go track down The Wraith, it has been popping up on a lot of streaming services lately. When you watch it, pay Strict attention to the leader of the evil gang, because he directed The Notebook. And here's the thing. The Notebook, by all official accounts, was a 
air quote better made film. Probably. It was it got better reviews. Yeah. It performed better. The women. Um, the, and the, the if I had my chance to watch either movie, I would not watch the Notebook over the Wraith. Well, I cannot think of a situation where I would. In the debate on whether to watch The Wraith or The Notebook, the correct answer, you were close, but the correct answer is actually Face Off. Nick Cassavetes plays the bald brother to Gina Gershon. No more drugs (laughs) for that man. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Face Off. Nothing about Face Off should work, and yet... Every single thing about Face Off works. It is a crazy movie. Yeah. yeah I want game. Yeah, I want to be entertained, distracted, thrilled, wowed. Take me out of. Make me believe I'm not sitting on my couch. Right. Or sitting in a theater. Like transport yeah. me. Yeah. Which. Okay. Romantic comedies typically not fantastical. Not to me terribly interesting because like oh I'm watching things that happen to people pretty much everywhere every day great there isn't go ahead just I'm trying to think of like romantic comedies for me the only ones that work are stuff like Joe versus the volcano has a romantic sub thread but it's not about the romance and it is a big fantastic movie it is there was a uh, on an old episode of Harmon well all the episodes of Harmon Town are old because he doesn't make the podcast anymore but there was one episode where Harmon got into a debate with the, his uh, then fiance Aaron McGathy as to whether or not romance is a legitimate uh, genre because you can have romance in anything any other type of movie and the analogy he made that's always stayed with me is it's romance ro- movies that center around a romantic plot are like uh, presenting an entree to somebody and it's just ketchup. It's just a just a condom a thing yeah. you add to a meal. You yeah. can't make a meal yeah. out of ketchup. Yeah, it is a form of stakes for the plot. It, yeah, but it's not the plot itself. The plot itself should be. All of the obstacles. That's why Billy Wilder was good at that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and most modern romances aren't, as they forget that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, Billy Wilder was famous for saying, "What keeps them apart?" Mm. One of the beloved romantic comedies of the modern era would be Sleepless in Seattle, and I know there are fans of it out there. Some may even listen to this. I don't know where some of you stand on that movie anymore, uh, but it's that movie is about a guy and a girl who are going to get together and spend the entire movie not meeting and not interacting. Mm-hmm. You just... If there's such good chemistry between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, which Joe versus Volcano proved there was... I guess there is. Why would you spend an entire movie yeah. saying, isn't it romantic that these people are eventually going to probably meet and get along fine? I it's don't bizarre. care. Yeah, it's really... It doesn't... Yeah, the there's, there's the no romant- story there. The, the quote unquote romantic tension is not. It just there is no romantic tension. They don't know each other. They, they don't, don't even interact with each like other. Like Meg Ryan of sort of has the hots for this voice on on the uh, on the radio, and Tom Hanks's kid says this one letter is great, and that is the most connection they have up until them randomly meeting each other at the Empire State Building at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And yeah, afterwards you're like, oh well, I guess everything works out together. This yeah, is why. What was their relationship like? Maybe this is where the story starts. 
you move from across the country to meet each other. Maybe that could be an interesting dynamic to explore. Yeah. I've seen Sleep in Seattle once. I have no interest to ever watch again. You know what? When it comes on, I usually just watch it from wherever I'm at to the end. Mm -hmm. You've got mail. Yeah, that's fine. Well, that's a movie with actual romantic tension. But that's the thing. They interact. They. That's what I'm saying. I would say... like. You've got mail, people like it, but they don't talk about it in the same way they talk about Sleepless in Seattle. But right. You've Got Mail is clearly the better movie. And, honestly... All of them, of course, are far, far seconds to Joe versus Volcano. Absolutely. That's, that's not even a question. But if we're talking about romantic, will-they-won't-they, bickering couple, bookshop-based, just watch Notting Hill instead of You've Got Mail. <sighs> never, never, never. I'm a Richard Curtis fan. I am a not-Julia-Roberts fan. Understood, but mm-hmm. Curtis and I like Hugh Grant. I mean, Paddington I like, too. Come I like, on, I like, I like Hugh Grant too. Yeah. I really don't enjoy. I don't. Julia Roberts really doesn't. Oh no, for she's me. yeah, like at all. No, yeah. I thought you were gonna say when Harry met Sally, which entertaining movie. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it, great chemistry, charming. It's about two people who learn to love each other as yeah. the people and then finally decide, well, maybe we should be a, a, a thing. Yeah. But it's still just about people learning to, about each other. Yeah. No, yeah, that's great. That's great. Oh, we're still talking about this. Okay. Yeah. So we got to jump through <laughs> we're the window. We're barely talking about this. Yeah. And then... Um, um, Actually, there's a really great shot when he gets put into the bounding circle, which is how we started this whole thing. Right. Uh, yeah, she drags him away from the house yeah. because the demon is bound to the house, yeah. gets him out of it, and then he just wastes back down to his zelda E self. And, yeah. ugh, it it's is, a, it's a, it is it's, a good effect. It is a really good effect. Yeah. It's, it's really terrible to watch. It's like, that is a thing that should happen over two years, not in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends with uh, more newsreels. It ends as begins with newsreels and footage and uh, description of the incident uh, from Belle and Juliet. Uh, the police are still trying to figure it out. The pol- we don't know yeah. who's done what. Yeah. And weirdly, the police found uh, verification that it was the brothers' fingerprints all over the shotgun. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of evidence to say the brother did do it, except for that the doctor said, no, he was in a coma for two years. He would not have physically been able to pull this off. Yeah. But that the sisters both verified the story. And who knows? Maybe the house is evil. But it actually kind of, it's not one of those tragic, oh, she was framed for it. It's left like, yeah, maybe, maybe this all just is fine. Another, like, non-committal thing. And all of this, all of this lack of engagement does not earn, even for a second, the fact that they kill a dog. Yeah. They kill a dog in this movie, and they don't earn yeah. the killing. The dog has turned evil, or it's an evil dog that's not yeah. their dog, or there's... They yeah, say no, it's it, their dog, but it's possessed. It's their dog, but possessed, but at one point they say that it's not that dog, but I guess mm. because of the possession. But either way, yeah, yeah, the dog uh, does not make it out, and that's always a problem for me. Yeah. Um, and also just, you know, warning for you. If, if, yeah. for some, if for some reason our effusive praise of this movie has made you stop listening and just put it on, be warned, there is a dog death. Yeah. Uh, If you've heard a lot of our opinions on other films and you do lean more towards Applebee's, you you might have a night where you just, 
it's been a bad day at work. You almost got into an accident on the way home. You hit an ice patch. Yeah. You need something calming and just lightly thriller-esque. They, everyone does their job fine. Yeah. It's, it is a completely competent movie that just, just Doesn't didn't engage us. At all. Yeah. That's why this has been a long episode. But we've mm-hmm. talked about the actual movie very little. Yeah, I actually I spent what ten minutes fixing the radiator in the yeah. middle of the movie. Yeah, yeah, you did. It's yeah. so toasty in here now. Thank yeah. you so much. Luckily, yeah. it's not a an intense kind of fix. I wasn't no, like no, rebuilding no. an engine or anything. Yeah, no. do, do, um, do, do I'll not, do that next week. Do, do not but like dismiss your achievement. Yeah, no. I just I, I'm I'm worried that we might turn into like a you know. Bob Vila, like, let's the, fix a house this while old, we're watching. This old Amityville house? Exactly. Yeah. We have to... But since... Okay. I mean, Sold if you do house. buy a possessed house, I can't help you on the flies. Uh, maybe yeah. like a bowl of sugar water with some apple cider vinegar yeah. helps for like fruit flies. But if you have a radiator-driven house or apartment, uh, just make sure to bleed the radiator periodically. Mm-hmm. Uh, let the air out and keep it pure water. That'll make sure you get much more efficient heating through your yeah. place. Wow. This Amityville, The Awakening. Amityville, The Awakening. It will put you to sleep. Next week will be... Jesus Christ. Amityville, Mount Misery Road. Okay. That is the title of this film. <laughs> and that is, that is number 23, 28, uh, This 55. is 25. <sighs> We've watched... Oh, oh wait, I think uh, why it you... might be lower than that because I think at the top we have like the header bars, but we're in the 20s. We there are like, debatably yeah. past halfway as Wait, of existing well, Amityville. What is right the now. Haunted Amityville tapes? Why do you have oh, that was a TV series uh, that's a documentary about the original uh, incident. So we're not doing TV shows and we're actually not doing documentaries. We had talked about that initially. We're going for the camp factor. We don't want to actually critique the real lives of people no, that were no. affected in this. You, yeah, you futzed around with the Excel sheet. It's kind of I did, so I was trying to do some cleanup the other night. And I appreciate I that you have the ones that we've done in red, but yeah. there's now it's kind of off a little bit. Or there's... I'll fix it doesn't matter. Later. Doesn't yeah, matter. Mount Misery it. Road is what we're doing next. What in the hell is Mount Misery Road? I don't know, but I guess we'll find out next week on... The Amityville Podcast. The Amityville Podcast, where we talk about nothing but Amityville movies that never digress onto more interesting things that we'd rather talk about and watch. <laughs> anyway, I'm Tom. I'm Pat. And, uh, oh yeah, our resale value was very low. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. It's a rental, but yeah. it's... Other than that, yeah. A nice place to visit. Alright. See you guys next week. Later. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com.